0: Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our lead pastor Dr. Phil Willingham. How many how many ever found yourself knee-deep in Christmas and you look around and all of a sudden you've uh, You've forgotten the main thing about this season. We get all wrapped up in things that happen, and certainly I, I, I don't believe the Lord wants us not enjoying the season, family, the gifts, the presents, all that stuff, but certainly being able to, to settle down for just a little bit, make sure that we don't miss the, the main point of this whole season. I heard the story about Sherlock Holmes and and, uh, Dr. Watson. They went on this camping trip, and Holmes wakes up Watson in the middle of the night and says, Watson, look up and tell me what you see. Watson says, I see millions of stars. And Holmes says, well, what does it tell you, Watson? And Watson thinks for a moment, and he says, well... Astronomy wise, he had told me that there's millions of galaxies and possible billions of planets. And um, theologically, I can see that God is all powerful and that we are small and we're insignificant. And he said, Why do you ask, Holmes? What what do you see? Holmes looks at him and is quiet for just a second. He said, Watson, somebody stole our tent. (laughs) We're. We're out here in the open now. And I think sometimes, and I just want to challenge you for just a few minutes this morning, and I know you came out and it's a busy day, but I just want to challenge you for a few minutes to make sure that in the midst of everything that we're looking at, we don't miss the basic point of why we celebrate this season every year when it comes around. The greatest event of history of mankind was simply the coming of Christ into this broken world, right? We talked about it last week that the Old Testament had some 50-something prophecies about Christ's birth and how that Jesus fulfilled every one of those prophecies when he came over 2,000 years ago. And we've been looking at some questions or some thoughts around this Christmas story and this morning, I want to look at Luke chapter 2. If you got your Bible, you can turn there. If you got a smartphone, you can open up your, your Bible app, and you'll see some notes there. And I want to read Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, Everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife being great with child. Now now last week I told you that the Magi, these... these, uh, uh, these astrologers that, that follow the star, historians tell us, Christian history says, they traveled some eight or nine hundred miles to find this baby Jesus where they would worship him. They, they were very inconvenient, and yet they made that trip to follow the star. Now we have Joseph and Mary, they're going to go all the way from, from, from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Bethlehem. That's about 70 miles. Now, now, can you imagine making such a trip? They didn't have a car. They, they, didn't, they didn't have a, any type of fast transportation. They either walked, or the, the story that we usually see in the nativity scene is that she rode a donkey. But for 70 miles, they tracked to get to Bethlehem where Joseph had to go back because of the, of the tax that was being called. Now, now I, I, I tell you that to just tell, remind you of this. Any time we, we decide that we're going to follow Christ or we're going to pursue what Christ is, wants to do in our life, there is an inconvenience to that. Come on. It's not always easy. I, I'm always amazed at people say, well, you know, Pastor, I don't mind going to church. I just want to go where it doesn't cost me nothing. I want to go where it's easy, it's convenient. Listen, there's nothing about following Jesus that was convenient for the Magi over 2,000 years ago. Neither was it for Joseph and Mary. It cost them something. You You wouldn't. It cost them something to make this trip. It was very inconvenient. And I just challenge you in our own life that we understand that sometimes to receive and to get the great gift that God wants to give us, to, to get the miracle that we want, to get the, the need met in our lives. Sometimes we're going to have to pay the price to do that. Well, th- that, that's good preaching, but I just, I just thought I'd give you that out for nothing. It won't cost you anything. It's, it's not convenient to pursue Christ. You follow me? So what's this? And, and so it was that while they were there, talking about in Bethlehem, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. In other words, the baby's coming. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger. Why? Why a manger? Because, and I say, because there was no room for them in the inn. Because there was no room. Now listen, I, I, I can't even imagine this innkeeper looking at this very pregnant young girl, 13, 14 year old girl, looking at this very distressed young guy by the name of Joseph. I, I can't imagine him looking at them and saying, sorry, I don't have any room. I, I, and, and, and good luck. I hope it works out for you. But listen, here's what I want to challenge you with this morning, with this, this message real quickly. Is that we live in a culture today that we have to constantly be be, be asking ourselves, am I making room for Jesus? Am I going to make room? Listen, when you stop and think about it, you and I can, can very easily end up to a very similar spot that this innkeeper was. We, we can get so busy, we can get so frazzled with, with, with what we have going on in our lives, it's very easy sometimes to miss Jesus. And I think life is, that, is like that for some of us, that, that so many times we, we have to recognize, do I have the capacity for Jesus in my life? How, how many here this morning, how many has a two-car garage? How many has at least a two-car garage? How many has a one-car garage? How many can put your car in your garage? Come on. Yeah. Here's the a, here's a crazy thing about it. Most people, now listen, most people, will have a garage and they put all their junk in the garage and their thirty, forty dollars 40000 vehicle sets outside the garage. Now, I'm, I'm going to give an article in just a minute for you that waste a good garage. But listen, you understand that, that most of us only have so much capacity in our lives. It's just like our house. we only have so much capacity. And listen, capacity is one of is one of the most important considerations when, when you and I begin to make sure that we're we're setting priorities in our lives capacity is that is that individuals ability whether it be physical ability or mental ability or our emotional ability it's it's that, it's that person's ability their capacity and if we're not careful if 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 we don't recognize and we put the important stuff first. If if we don't make sure that the capacity that we have, we're limited, and if we don't put what's important to us first, then we're going to get in trouble. Come on. You understand that? And and so many times if we're not careful, we we can be just like this innkeeper. We, we, We find ourselves not having the capacity, not preparing our hearts to the point that we make room. Now here's the thing about it. It's amazing that throughout Jesus' ministry, there was times where people would not make room for him. I don't have, I don't have time to, to give you every reference, but there's one reference in John chapter 7. The Bible says that that night, everyone went to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount Olives. Everyone went home that night, but Jesus went to sleep out in the open air, on Mount Olives. Listen, was it not enough room for Jesus to go home with somebody? We don't know that. But listen, we often find out, just like it was over 2,000 years ago, the coming of Jesus was missed. Listen, as I I indicated with this innkeeper, this innkeeper missed the opportunity for, for Mary and Joseph to be in his house and for that For that child to be born inside. Now now here's the thing about it. Some scholars believe the word translated for in. Is the same word in Luke and in Mark's gospel. Which means guest chamber or upper room. Now what's this? When they understand the translation of that. It gives the story a whole different understanding. We think of this. Uh, You know, Mary Joseph gets in the city and they just go to this random inn. They're just trying to get a a room that night. It's it's not that Mary and Joseph was late coming into the city, but it's that they were rejected. But here's the thing about it. If, If the theologians are correct, that same Greek word there, that this innkeeper was probably a family member of Joseph. For Joseph to go to Bethlehem, it meant he was going back to a city where in all likelihood that he had relatives there. And he shows up at one of his relevant, relevant, uh, relatives' house or home. He knocks on the door and he asks, can we come in? And, and what happens is that there was no room, there was no guest chamber that they would give for Mary and Joseph. Now here's what that brings out to the fact. This innkeeper, probably a relative of Joseph, looks at Joseph. They've heard the story of Mary being pregnant. And yet Joseph and her have never come together yet. So they got this miraculous birth. And yet people are still struggling with it. And listen, some theologians say, listen, out of embarrassment or out of shame... They re- they rejected them to come in their house and stay in the guest chamber. Rather, they sent them out back. They sent them to a barn. They sent them to a place where the animal was. Now, now, what's this? I I I just want you to I just want you to put your arms and your mind around this very fact. How many times? Do we have an opportunity to entertain Jesus in our life, to entertain Him in our presence, His presence in our life, to carry Him with us as we go on our journey. But so many times because culture puts pressure on us, we get embarrassed. We get embarrassed of Jesus, and we don't allow Him any room in our life. We have no capacity, Pastor. Listen, I want to go to work and I want to be one of those secret service Christians. I want to be one of those guys who carries Jesus in my heart and nobody knows about it. Can I tell you, Jesus doesn't need secret service Christians. And yet, if we're not careful, we we, we see in our culture today that, that we miss an opportunity to entertain Christ in our life and we, we miss it only because of, of fear of what people are going to think about it. What's the neighbors going to say if we let Joseph and this pregnant young girl that he's with that says they got this miraculous uh, child that she's scared? What, what, what is people going to say about it? Can I tell you, we got to get to the point in our life that we will never be ashamed to entertain Jesus in our life. I think there's a challenge for us in this culture. It's a challenge for us today because the world so often looks down upon a man or woman that says, you know what, I want to follow Christ. I want to believe his word in my life. I want to have his blessings in my life. I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be a woman of integrity. I want to walk with Christ. I want to live above reproach. Are you kidding me? In this culture, that's a, yes, I want to do that. But in order to do that, we have to make room for Christ. In our lives. Let's just say, I'm not ashamed of what you want to do. Listen, it was missed then, and sadly, the opportunity often gets missed today. I look at this great nation. I love our nation. I love our country. I love the freedom that we have. Our constitution talks about that, that, that that we're guaranteed freedom of religion. But sadly today we have politicians in our culture today that, that interpret that, that that means that it's freedom from religion. Not freedom of, but freedom from. And, and we look around and we say, wait a minute, what's wrong with our nation? Why don't we have the favor and the blessing of God? Psalms 33 and 12 says, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. When we put him first in our lives. How, how can we really expect God's blessing and his protection on our lives, on our nation, if we keep telling him, leave us alone? We don't have roof for you, God. People are all the time asking, why, why don't our children have... A, a greater conscience and, and, and a respect for, for themselves and others. Why, 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 why doesn't it bother to see, to see youth today that will kill strangers or kill classmates or worse ever, kill themselves? Listen, we, we've, got to, we've got to stop and we say, wait a minute. Has, has, our nation, has our nation got to the point that we don't have room for Christ to be in our nation anymore? And I'm praying for our nation. I'm praying that there will be a turnaround. But listen, what we have to understand, nations are run by people and people live in community. And what I have to decide, listen, God, I want to make room for you in my life. I want to make sure I have the capacity for you to come and you set up lordship and leadership on my own life. We miss it in our nation sometimes. Unsaved people miss opportunities sometimes of the peace and the power that God wants to give. And sometimes as a Christ follower, we get so distracted with things going around us that all of a sudden, the things that that don't mean as much to us, they get the garage and we leave all the important stuff outside. A few years ago, when we were still living in Valpo. I bought a truck. I hadn't owned a truck in several years, and I bought a truck, 2015 GMC, long-wheel-based truck, diesel truck. I love my truck. And, And everybody told me, said, your truck will never fit in your garage. I said, you bet. Listen, I went to that garage. It took me about two Fridays and a couple Saturdays. But I want to tell you, listen, Miss Rhonda's got room for her car. Listen, I went through that stuff. I got rid of stuff, and I made her mad a little bit because she got to looking for stuff. Where's I said, I think I might have gave that away. But it was in the garage. You never used it. Are you with me? But listen, by the time I got over with, now listen, when I closed my door, I had literally, you couldn't walk in front of my truck. I literally had a few inches in my truck to that, but I got my truck in the garage. You know why? It was important to me. Can I tell you this morning that Christ has to be important to us if we're going to make room for Him? Christ has to be something that we adore and we honor to the point that we say, listen, I'm not embarrassed by you. I refuse to reject you. I refuse to send you away. I I sent you knocking on my life and I want to welcome you in and I'm going to make room for you today. If that means junk has to leave. So what's this? How do we make room for Jesus in our life? Not, Not just this Christmas season. How do we do it? in this season and beyond. I don't want to miss you. I I don't want to miss the opportunity. So what do we do? Uh, There's two words I want to give you. Number one, we have to stop. Everybody say stop. What I've discovered in my life, when it comes to capacity, when, when it comes to making room, when it comes to allowing Christ to be the Lord, the leader... Every day in my life. One of the the first things in defeating busyness in my life and making room is I have to stop. I have to stop sometimes and just rest and reflect and, and 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 just center my life on what's really important. And I and I know I know even as I say stopping right now, some of you are just scrolling through the list of things that you've got to do today and tomorrow. And the places you've got to go. And the people that you're going to entertain. I, and listen, I understand the challenge. But, but the very first thing that we're going to have to be able to do. If we're going to make room. If we're going to have the capacity for Christ to come in our lives. Is just to stop. Say, Lord, wait, wait a minute. Let me, let me just take a little bit of time. I love what David writes. In Psalms 39. David talks about what happens when, when we stop for a few minutes and focus on God and what's really important. And listen, I, I want to read this to you. Here's what he said, Psalms 39. He said, as I stood there silently, the turmoil within me grew to the bursting point. The more I mused, the hotter the fires inside. Now listen, how many can relate to that? When you do slow down, you, listen, everything races in and listen, you get mad, you get upset. It's like, it's like Mary and Martha in the house and, and, and Mary's sitting over at the feet of Jesus and Martha's in there in the kitchen banging the pans around trying to get food for Jesus and all of his crazy disciples. And listen, when we do stop for a few minutes, all that happens is we, we, we grow to the bursting point. But then he says, "What's then at last, I spoke and I pled with God. Lord, help me to realize, how how do you make room? How do you you assure that Christ has the the priority in your life? You're, you're, You're giving him the capacity. Lord, help me to realize, here it is, how brief my time on earth will be. You see that? What is all this stuff going to matter? If, if you understand how brief, he said, help me to know that I'm here but for a moment more. My life is no longer than my hand. My whole lifetime is but a moment to you. Proud man, frail as breath, a shadow. See, what he said? He's talking about how short, how brief life really is. All his busy rushing ends in nothing. All this going and turning and moving and all this stuff. He heaps up riches for someone else to spend. And so, Lord, my only hope is in you. Now, just just see along with me for just a second and say, Holy Spirit, what what is God telling me in that verse? What what is he saying? David said, as I stopped and I took a breath and I clearly look around, I, 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 I stopped and I was just quiet and I started realizing what truly matters and what doesn't matter. And it wasn't until he stopped, he saw all my busy, my rushing around with people He he realized how empty it really was. You see, people, every year, we come to this season. We rush to buy. We rush to have. We're going to have a meeting. We're going to have a meal. We're going to have a party. We do all of that only to get to Christmas, and all the packages are unwrapped. The Christmas tree is empty. The food is all gone. The dishes are there. And you sit back and you say, what for? What, what, what do I feel? And David said, listen, I begin to understand what, what truly matters is making room for you. Does that make sense? I mean, just think about how different the story would have been had this innkeeper said, Joseph, I I know you guys have got a bad reputation right now. I, I know what the community said about you and Mary. I know nobody's believing your story right now that the Holy Spirit has got Mary pregnant. But Joseph, guess what? I'm going to give you a guest room. I'm going to give you one of the places in my house because I want to make room for you. David would later say in Psalms 46 and 10, he would later say, later say be still and know that I am God. Listen, when, when you look at that, when you look at that, that those two words, be still, this is not a gentle suggestion. It isn't just, well, you know, just got. No. Really in, in the Hebrew it says, cease striving. Stop fighting. Snap out of it. Another translation says, wake up, acknowledge who your God really is. And I think if never more in our culture right now, we we, we need to get to that point in our lives where we just stop and we say, wait a minute, God, what am I doing? What's happening with my life? What's going on in my life? Something has to happen. And when we stop and when we're still, when we're slow down, then what's this? We can start asking ourselves this question. Look at this question: If what you are doing, is it needed? Or is it just something that is taking room in your life from Jesus? Is it really needed? Or is it taking room? What, what, once we stop and we center ourselves, we say, "Wait a minute, is this really needed? You know, Barney still has a statistic that one out of six are Christians, people who say they're a Christian, they say that that if they go to church once every six weeks, then that means being faithful. Try that with your spouse. Hey, honey, I'll see you about once every six weeks, but I'm faithful. (laughs) Try that with your employer. Hey, I love my job. I, I I I love the benefits of this job. I, I love what's, but I, yeah, I, I can only work once every six weeks. Hello, every one of us in this room knows that would not fly with anything else in our life. Why do we think God would be okay with that? What do we think that God would say? Wait a minute, you, you're going to make room for me at once every six weeks? No. We have to stop and we say, wait a minute, and what am I doing? Is it, is, is it really necessary? Is it needed in my life? Or is it just something else right now that's just taking up space or capacity? My big expensive car is outside, but I got my junk in the garage. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. So this? once we stop, here's the second thing, we start. What do we start? We start to process things. As we start processing things, we start making priorities, things in our life. Jesus said, listen, you you, you really want to know where your value shows up. He says this in Matthew 6 and 21. He said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You really want to know where your value shows up, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So so as, as we stop and we start, we say, wait a minute, I, I, I've got to be thinking through what, what's, what's really important for me. What's, what really should be a priority in my life? Just like the yen. He only had so much capacity. But, but historians tell us in that culture that if you come in that city like Joseph and Mary did, and you show up, and whether you're a friend or a family member, and you knocked on the door, I don't care if everybody had their own room. When you showed up and you had a need, as, as, as customary, you would make room for that person regardless of the pride. Hey kids, you got to sleep on, on the pallet. Hey kids, you got to move out of the room. Joseph and Mary's here. She's going to have a baby. She needs room. Listen, when you stop and you start prioritizing things in your life, Again, I only have so much energy. I don't have so much emotional margin in my life. And I have to be, I have to be careful that I make sure that, that I'm keeping the main thing, the main thing in my life. There's, there's, a, there's a scripture in Proverbs. I put this in your notes. I was looking at this a couple of weeks ago. The Bible gives us a word. Of how we can actually, if we, if we understand this word, that it opens up our life to give more capacity. Proverbs 10 27, here's a verse. Reverence for God. Everybody say reverence, it just means respect. Reverence, respect for God. What does it do? It adds hours to each day. So, how can the wicked expect along? Good life. The wicked, in other words, Solomon said, they, they don't respect. They don't. They don't have any reverence for God. How can they expect? But reverence will add hours. Listen, reverence adds hours to each day. What does that mean? It means, listen, if I'm putting God as a priority in my life when I start my day, if I'm saying, God, you're going to be first, I'm going to make room for you. I only have so much capacity today, God, but I'm going to make sure you get first place in my life, guess what? Hours gets added to my day. Does that mean I get more than 24 hours? No. It just means I can accomplish more for Him and eternity because I've kept my myself situated to the point that that I understand what's the main thing what's really truly important in my life reverence for God respect for God so here's the question think about this ask yourself what is expected of you by God and what expectations people may be putting upon you right now Listen, for many of us right now, most of the pressure, most of the, 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 uh, the frustration, most of the things that we encounter during this beautiful Christmas season, isn't that God wants more or expects more out of us. It's end up we live our lives living, trying to live up to the expectation of other people. So when you stop and you start and you slow down and you start prioritizing in your life, you start putting first things first, we begin to make decisions. What, what is God's expectations of this? What, what, what is God really wanting me to accomplish out of this? And in doing so, what happens is we find ourselves, even in this culture where people want to shame us because we follow Christ, People want to shame us because we want to say, hey, Christ needs to be at the center of my Christmas. People want to make fun of us because we say Merry Christmas instead of just Happy Holidays. We don't give a rip. You know why? Because we understand, hey, God, this is what's truly important, and my reverence for you, my honor for you, my respect for you, guess what you're doing? You're adding hours to my day. You're not allowing me to be able to accomplish so much more. See, it's important to get to the place where, where we actually understand what does God really expect of us? Paul would say a lot about this, and I, there's so many verses, but I, but, I, but I picked out Philippians chapter 3. I want, you, I want you to see that this is in the message, Bible. I love this. What is God's expectation? It? He said, friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, okay? Paul said, listen, I don't have all the answers. I, 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 I'm not perfect, he said, but I've, watch it, but I've got my eye on the go. Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I love that. He said, I'm off running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focus on that go. Those of us who want everything God has for us. Come on. Who want not Listen, do you want everything God has for you? You have, to, you, have, you have to keep focus on the goal. And what's this? Here's what he said. Well, listen, come on, Pastor Lindsay. He said, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, and we struggle with that. This is a great time of the year to say, wait a minute, God, have I, have I really made room for you? Have I really been committed to you? He said, if If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, here's what God will do. God won't shame you. God won't kick you out and say, hey, get out of my life. Get away from me. You know what God will do? Watch this. God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it. God will clear it. If you've got something else in mind, other than commitment, here's what I'm asking God to help us do. As this year gets ready to wind down, we're jumping into 2024. God, somehow or another, we want everything that you have for us, but we've lost our focus. If we got anything else other than commitment, God, clear our vision. Now that you're on the right track, let's stay on it. And what's this? I promise you, I'm going to quit. Now that you're on the right track, stay with it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, headed for the same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. True? Listen, there's people in this place, you want to follow God, you want to make room for Him, you want to have full capacity, but listen, you are constantly being pulled by other people that go a different path. Paul understood that. God understand that. He said, I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. <laughs> and they do. Pastor, as long as it's convenient, I want to make room for Jesus. As long as I don't have to give up any of my job. I love my junk. We love our junk in America, right? And now not only have our garages filled with our junk, we have to go rent buildings away from our house to put our junk in. it. Come on. That's the American way now. I, I'm, a, I'm blown away by, by all the storage buildings that are going up. And they are filled up with stuff. We got a call just a, a, a few months ago and said, Hey, Pastor Phil, you know, Heartland has had this stuff in, in, in the shed that they give it to us. We haven't been paying rent. Said, but it's been there now for three years. Are you going to use it? I said, listen, I'll be honest with you, I didn't forgot about that stuff. I said, it's probably junk. And don't we do that? We forget what we have. And listen, there, there, there are so many other, there's there so many people that try to pull us down other paths. All they want is easy street. They hate the cross of Christ. There's so many distractions, so many expectations from other people, and yet if you track with what Paul is saying, there's a way that we should be going that God expects of us—not other paths, not other things. I don't want to miss Jesus. I—I I don't want Him knocking. Say, I don't have room. Hey, Jesus, I'm full. I'm. I don't have any more capacity. And Jesus is the greatest gift, isn't he? So this morning, I, I, want, I asked the worship team to, to do this final song. Because I, I, I think it's the prayer of this church. I, I think it's the heart of this church. And I know many of you, I, I know you love God. I don't, I don't question you, but I'm telling you right now, just like that innkeeper was pressured by culture, by family members or whatever to say, I don't have room, Jesus, get in the back. Some of you feel that. But I know in your hearts you want to make room for Jesus. And and this morning as they get ready to sing this song, I want to ask you a simple question. What's filling up your life to the point that just like the innkeeper, you have no vacancy. What's taking over the space? And I challenge you to stop. Just, just slow down this morning. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to prioritize my life. Help me to recognize not just this season, but all the season, the importance of keeping you first place in my life. And ask the Holy Spirit: say, God, give me the courage. To do the things that I know you expect of me, not what other people expect. I love you, and I and I, I know everybody has expectations of pastor, and you've got family and friends. They have expect, but listen. At some point, we love each other, but we say, God, I want to live up to your expectations. Amen. That makes sense. Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center sermon of the week. If you would like to partner with us and give. Please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.